Today on CityCast Philly. Stop and frisk was a controversial policy used among police departments across America. And over the years, courts have ruled that the practice was unconstitutional. Today, I'm talking with two journalists who have a podcast that investigates this practice in Philly and explores community and police perspectives on possible solutions for the city's gun violence crisis. It's Thursday, December 1st, 2022. I'm Trinae Nuri, and this is CityCast Philly. Sammy Kayola, you're WHYY's first ever gun violence prevention reporter. And Yvonne Laddie, you're the director of the Logan Center for Urban Investigative Reporting at Temple University. You both have a new podcast called Stop and Frisk, Revisit or Resist. Why is now the right time for this podcast? The idea of Stop and Frisk was resurfaced in July. It was after the 4th of July shooting on the Benjamin Franklin Parkway, and it was at a city council's special session on gun violence solutions. And Council President Daryl Clark brought it up and asked if it was time to consider a constitutional enactment of stop and frisk. And it sort of spiraled into this whole discussion among city council members, some of whom voiced support and others who later came out in opposition. There have been periods of time when it's been enforced visibly and vigorously, and there have been times when it's been less prominent, but it's always been here. And so people are talking about kind of returning to an era where it's a more encouraged policy, which is really disturbing. It's really a head tilt. And I think when I heard this come up in a public discussion, you know, it was sort of a a jolt awake because the history of stop and frisk, which we get into in the podcast, is, is really problematic. It's been very harmful. It's been disproportionately used against Black Philadelphians. And I think Yvonne and I both wanted to figure out why why are we having this conversation? How did we get here? Why are we grasping at this as a solution? And what other solutions are we missing? Yvonne, can you break down briefly what actually stop and frisk is and how it is used among Philly's police department? I mean, basically, if the police see someone that they think is doing something suspicious or acting strange or weird in their opinion, they can stop you. I mean, it's pretty straightforward what it is. The problem is, is that in Philadelphia and in many big cities that have urban communities, it's often directed at Black people. I mean, I've been stopped. I mean, I think it's really hard to find a black person or brown person in America who hasn't been stopped for really silly reasons by police. And in the last few years, thanks partially to social media, people are seeing more and more what these stops can look like. Black men fleeing and getting shot in the back. Black women being stopped and somehow winding up in jail and then you know, dying, actually. I'm thinking of Sandra Bland. I mean, it just seems like it's really easy to abuse. Why is it still being used? Because it's a really 
big way of policing in America. I mean, if police see someone who they think is doing something suspicious, they have the right to stop that person and see what's going on. And what's happening in Philadelphia is we're in a gun violence crisis. And people, some of the people who are asking for stop and frisk to be beefed up are actually African-Americans and Latinos Hmm. because their neighborhoods are overrun with gun violence. They don't feel safe. Their children don't feel safe. And people are desperate. And a big part of this conversation is about the desperation in Philly and how, because of that desperation, we're looking at things that actually can hurt us. So it's really complicated. And I think that's kind of what I love about the podcast is that it gives you a lot to think about and hopefully to really kind of examine what real solutions are to the gun violence crisis and not always just going back to the old familiar. You all spoke with a lot of people for this podcast. Let's talk about episode three. And you all did a ride along with Philadelphia Police Sergeant Michael Spicer. The predominant persons that are doing shootings and violence are young black males. So whereas we don't target 70-year-old Asian females for a reason, they're of no interest to us to, to curb violence, right? So the game, get, the card gets played against us that we're targeting a certain race or color or age. Whereas we are, in all actuality, we are because they're the persons that are responsible for the violence. So again, it's that, it's a catch-22 on our end. Like, we're damned if we don't, we're damned if we don't. So that was tape from a police ride-along, as you mentioned, that Ivan and I did in the 24th district. So mm-hmm. that's the Kensington area, Kensington, Allegheny. It's really, as you know, um, rough part of the city, a lot of drug use, a lot of gun violence. And Sergeant Spicer actually has a really problematic past himself. Mm -hmm. He's one of six Philly PD officers who was charged with stealing money from drug users and beating them up. He was acquitted in 2015 and then um, was allowed back on the force. And when we asked to do a ride along, the police department actually set us up with Sergeant Spicer. But that clip you know, really gets to the sticky part of this problem. So it is true, four in five shooting arrestees in Philadelphia are black men. That comes from the city's 100 shooting review committee report from January. So when police are looking for who might be doing gun crime, they are in a sense looking for a black men. He's expressing like there's this there's this catch-22, there's this really torn feeling of who do we go after and how do we not make it a racist implementation? I mean, when we were on the ride-along, I mean, you don't see cops, you don't see beat cops, you don't see anyone. It's just like a, a free-for-all. And if those conditions are allowed to exist in Philadelphia, how are we ever going to get these numbers of murders down? I mean, I don't, I don't know how if you don't, if you can't aggressively police, but can you aggressively police when we've seen what has happened in this country in the last few years? I mean, we really, really need to be talking solutions and things that really can be done that are, are able to be done in, this, in these conditions. So it was very, very eye-opening and, and shocking for us and 
hopefully for our listeners, and hopefully will inspire people to really think about, well, what do we need to do as a community to really stop this? Because the answers are really, I think, live within the communities. They know more about what's going on than journalists, than the police in so many cases. And I think we all need to work together to find real solutions. And like I mentioned, you did speak to a lot of people for the podcast, Everyday you know, Citizens. Is there a particular story that really sticks out in your mind that you want to share with us that someone told you? So there was this community safety meeting in Grays Ferry, and they were going to talk about public safety and policing and stop and frisk. It was actually on their event flyer. It said stop and frisk. And it was run by Tyreek Glasgow, who founded the Young Chances Foundation in the Grace Ferry neighborhood. And so, you know, he actually asked me if I would moderate this panel, this meeting, and that we were going to talk about stop and frisk. So Yvonne and I went down there with a couple of Temple University students, and I asked a lot of questions about stop and frisk. And there were, you know, a few dozen community members there, mostly people who were older, and a lot of these older people were for it. And then there was this woman who came up, and she had this this baby on her hip, and she said she had just come from school. She was a teacher in the area, and she told this story about being on, on the way to school and running into these young people and that somebody had a gun and was and was threatening these these young people and she knew the young men they were her students and she actually stepped in she actually interceded and said hey we we don't have to do this there's another way to solve this problem what are you doing but that what happened after that was that the kids wanted to go to school and so she took them to school and they went through their whole school day and she said Nobody ever talked to them about what happened. They never got any support or any help or any counseling around that really scary moment. And that she had to just go back to her classroom and she just cried because of what she had seen and the lack of assistance after something like that. And it made me realize, and I think Yvonne too, that like young people are just not being heard here you know they're just being totally traumatized and then and then forgotten about in a lot of cases i just think um it's really sad because when you're scared and you're around situations that are violent then you get a gun to protect yourself because you don't want to become a statistic and then it's like it's like a it's a a total cycle and i think you really get to see it in the podcast. And I think you also really get to see like the areas that we kind of need to to dig in on if we're going to get on the other side of this. And one of the big issues is definitely young black men and making them feel safe and making them feel heard and seen. And that's something we just don't do a lot of, you know, we just don't. If anything, this podcast has made me see that more and more it's brought up a lot of feelings I have had. 
one of the episodes, you know, I we interview Michael Nutter and he talks about being stopped by police when he's in his 60s, you know, a few years after being mayor of the city. Right. And then a few days after that, I was stopped by police. Like, huh? I mean, it's and every time you're stopped, it, it takes something from you. You feel something. It's something that's unforgettable that is a weight that you then carry. And there's so many Black Philadelphians and so many Brown Philadelphians who are carrying that weight. And we have to do it better. We have to figure out another way to make our city safe. From what you all are saying and the people that you've spoken with, these feelings of being scared feeling helpless. It's across the board for teachers, for young people, for older folks. And your podcast is really trying to discuss other approaches to mitigate gun violence. What do some of those approaches actually look like? There are actually a lot of solutions that are already underway, and there are even more that we could look at. And episode five is entirely focused on solutions. It's actually a roundtable conversation between activists and city city representative and a young person. And one of the things that comes up a lot is just kind of getting neighborhoods back to a healthier place. You know, the areas in Philadelphia that suffer the most from gun violence are the historically redlined areas. And, you know, we talked to a young person and we said, what what do you need? Like, what do you think should happen? And he said community gardens. It was like the first thing he said. Um, he wants to see spaces that are beautiful where people can gather and work on something together and also feed each other. So I think, you know, programs that that empower people, that invest in people in their space, um, programs that give youth more options, job opportunities, looks at their future in education that really like show them that they matter, that somebody cares, gives them a mentor. So, you know, I think we do need to invest in those broader programs um, that look at, you know, whole communities and really kind of walk, walk it back um, to, to prevent the problem instead of just trying to react to it after. I mean, this is our city, and we all have a responsibility to make it the best city we can. Philadelphia is a wonderful, wonderful place. It's a great place to live. We have to do the work to make it a great place to live for everybody, not just a few, but everybody. And the only way we can do that is we have to work together. Media, community, politicians, police, we all have to work together, and everyone's voice matters. Everyone. Sammy and Yvonne, thank you so much for joining me on CityCast Philly. Thank you. Thanks for having us. You can listen to Stop and Frisk, Revisit or Resist, a WHYY production in collaboration with Temple University's Logan Center for Urban Investigative Reporting, wherever you listen to CityCast Philly. We'll have links in our show notes. And here's what else Philly's talking about. District Attorney Larry Krasner wants a former Philly police officer who killed an unarmed black man in 2017 to serve more time. According to KYW, Krasner said the judge was too lenient in sentencing of Eric Rook to 11 and a half to 23 months in prison. 
Krasner filed a motion this week for reconsideration in Rook's sentencing. And speaking of D.A. Krasner, the Pennsylvania State Senate voted to formally accept articles of impeachment against him. According to the Inquirer, this latest move sets up a January trial on whether to remove Krasner from office. Krasner has previously said that these efforts are unjustified. And finally, let's get into the holiday spirit by checking out tonight's annual tree lighting celebration. It's happening at City Hall at 7 p.m. There's also other holiday light shows around the city, too. In Maniunk, from 5 to 9 p.m., you can enjoy free jolly trolley rides down Main Street. And on East Passiunk Ave, there will be a Christmas tree lighting at the Singing Fountain from 5 to 7 p.m. And I guess, guess what? I heard that Santa's coming to town. There's a countdown as Santa lights up the tree for everyone to enjoy. Also this weekend, make sure to check out the Trans Art Market happening this Saturday and Sunday from 11 to 5 at the Bach Building at 1901 South 9th Street. There's a $5 entry fee and masks and vax cards are required. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. Make sure you share today's episode with a friend. Rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Bye.